Good morning. Welcome to Evangel. And good morning to all those who are watching or tuning in from home. Um, I invite you to stand as we worship this morning. We're going to begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord God, please draw us closer to you. We offer up this time. We offer up this day to you, Lord God. Please have your way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Great is the Lord God Almighty. Great is the Lord on high. The train of his robe fills the temple. And we cry out, highest praise and glory. your heads open the doors let the king of glory come in and forever be our god lift up your heads open the doors let the king of glory Blessed be your name, 
when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away. You give and take Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glory. church this morning. Amen. You may be seated. We have a few brief announcements this morning. The first one is this Wednesday, July 28th, we have our second full day kids event. And we are so excited to have our building filled with the laughter and stomping of children. And it's going to be so much fun. We have a bouncy castle coming. It's going to be full of carnival games. Registration has since closed, but we are pretty much at full capacity, right? for the kids, just a little bit under, and it's going to be so much fun. So please be in prayer for our volunteers and for everyone involved with that day. The other announcement I have is, of course, throughout the summer, we have youth and young adults events happening, and you can get all the information that you need, whether you are young or young at heart. We would love to see you at one of our many events throughout this summer. So at this point, I'd like to invite the kids, grades one to five, you can meet your, your volunteers at the door to head up to Kids Church this morning. And we hope you guys have an awesome, awesome time. Before I hand it back to Tyler for worship, let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in person here this morning and worship your name. God, we just pray that as we go into this, 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 uh, this next few moments of worship, God, that you just speak to our hearts. God, you remind us how much you love us and how you are there for us through every circumstance, through every trial. For every moment, God, you are there. And we thank you. We love you in your name.
next two songs and, and the song after the sermon um, all have the same theme. It's the theme of surrender. How important that is. That we surrender our will to the will of God. And sometimes what we want and what God wants are very different. Or what we think is best and what God knows is best are very different. And so we have to constantly surrender. We can bring our ideas to God and our requests to God, but at the end of the day say, but your will be done. And so as we continue to pray each day and we bring our requests or, or whatever it may be or we're just spending time with God, we start to see what God's will is as each day goes by and as we continually just surrender and something unexpected happens and we go, okay, all right, okay, what do I, what do, I do with this, God? What, what is your will here? And it's so, so important. It's such an important theme as a Christian to surrender to God because he's the one in control. He's the one who's in control. He's the creator. We're the creature. And we were made for God. We were made to to do His will. Feel free to stay seated if, if you prefer that, if, that's, if that helps you to pray and to sing and to be still. If you want to stand, I invite you to stand as we sing. And this song is simply called Surrender. And I 
grace, Lord God, your grace and your mercy to strengthen us and guide us and help us to be who you want us to be. Help us to surrender to you. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. seated. So this morning we are joined by uh, Pastor Lori Gibbons. He is the uh, general superintendent of the Western Ontario District of the PAOC, and he has so graciously stepped in to, to give us a message this morning. So please join me in welcoming him to the stage this morning. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be here this morning, be able to share again. And uh, yeah, it's a great day, uh, opportunity to be here and share with you in this service. And uh, I have a great admiration, appreciation for Pastor Shannon Potter, who is a great friend of mine. And uh, we have had a good relationship for many years. Shannon is a tremendous Bible preacher, Bible teacher, uh, has uh, been involved with us over the years at some of our camps and district events, and uh, he is a tremendous pastor. So it's an honor today to be able to share a short message with you that I feel the Lord has placed on my heart for this morning. I want to mention uh, that I will be sharing from the book of Judges, book of Judges, chapter 18, verse 27 and 28. Uh, I am honored to be, uh, as district superintendent, uh, part of your church family in relationship with you and your pastor and your board. You are a great church within our district. And our district uh, family of churches has about 365 churches within our district. And you're a part of that. And we are so thankful to have you as part of our fellowship. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is relationship, the importance of relationship. It's an interesting couple of verses. If you read through the book of Judges, chapter 18, 17, 18, 19, you'll find the story of a tribe of Dan, the Danites. They were a tribe of Israel, and they were in need of a community. Uh, they had not found a place to settle as a community, and so they really were looking to be able to find somewhere that they could finally settle down and build community amongst themselves as a tribe. And Judges is, uh, 17, 18 talks about their um, experience on trying to discover a place to settle. 
It says that they sent out spies throughout the country to see where might be a good location to settle down. And as they looked around, they discovered something that uh, gave them the idea that this would be the best place to go. They discovered a people of Laish. And Judges 18 talks about how the people of Laish were vulnerable and easy to conquer and were uh, left out there on their own to perhaps be unguarded, unprotected because of the fact that they did not have a close relationship. In fact, the verses that I will center in on are very simple today. Two simple verses. Judges 18, 27 to 28 says this about the tribe of Laish. And as the Danites realized that that was the place they could settle because the people of Laish were vulnerable. So I, I want to talk a little bit this morning about keeping yourself from becoming vulnerable, from being able to be conquered by the enemy, from being able to uh, be um, uh, exposed to the threat that could come against every one of us, especially in this society. And so this message today, I think, has something to do with what we're living through right now. And in Judges 18, 27, 28, it says this about the tribe of Laish, the people of Laish. The Danites attacked them and burned down their city because there was no one to rescue them and they had no relationship with anybody else. Interesting. There was no one to deliver them, so there was no one protecting them. And they had no relationship with any other people. In this day and age, it's been difficult to continue to have a relationship. It's been a challenge for the church to continue to have relationship, especially when we were no longer able to meet and so people were no longer able to congregate. How many are glad this morning that we finally are able to congregate together and be together in one place and be able to share together? It is a blessing to have one another. It is important in your Christian experience to build relationship with others, and relationship with God. Relationship becomes so important, especially in a day and an hour when it's not easy to build relationship, when it's harder to get together, harder to have time together, harder to fellowship together. Well, we notice even in the service this morning, we're really not encouraging everybody to hug each other and shake hands and do all of that because there's not uh, something that we should be doing right now. But that is difficult sometimes to build relationship in a community like that. And so we have to work at that. We have to understand its importance. And we need right now to realize that in this day and hour, building relationship is so important. There is a difficulty in your Christian experience if you do not have important, close relationships. It's a difficulty in life today without relationship. People were built for relationship. I had a friend that I met years ago. He was a very important person at that time in our world. I met him actually at a banquet where I was speaking and he was doing the music and singing. He had just become a Christian. And in the years before I met him, he became a national celebrity. He wrote some of the world's greatest songs. He wrote a song called Put Your Hand in the Hand, which sold millions of copies. Elvis Presley recorded that song on one of his albums and made my friend famous. He wrote songs for Anne Murray like Snowbird and, and other great hits. Became a household name throughout all of the world. And I met him after he'd given his heart to Christ 
And we met at a banquet that he was singing at. He'd made his millions writing songs, and his name is Gene McClellan. And I met Gene at a, at a simple gathering together and, and realized that Gene was an amazing guy. And now, after he had done his, his major part of his career, he was traveling to prisons and churches ministering. And so I used to be the youth ministries director of this district many years ago back in the early 80s. And at that time is when I met Gene McClellan. And I used to take northern tours once a year, and I would go to northern communities and minister up into the north. And so I asked Gene if he'd go with me, and so we got a little plan together. Because Gene was a pretty famous guy at the time, and he was especially known in the north. And if you're old, you'd understand this. There was a, a, a CBC special network program that was a big hit at that time called Sing Along Jubilee and Gene McClellan was part of that and so we went north where he was well known and what we would do is we would arrive in this community we did 12 towns in 12 days we'd arrive in a community about one in the afternoon I had the pastor book the best auditorium he could get in his community and get a backup band together Gene, when I would arrive, Gene would work with the backup band all afternoon, and then we would promote, promote a, a concert that night in the community, free, for anyone to come and hear Gene McClellan, who, of course, was riding the crest of all those big hits, and so people packed the arenas out, and we preached the gospel of Jesus, people give their hearts to Jesus. So we had a great time, and Gene and I traveled for 12 days together and got to know each other really well. After we finished the tour, we came back, uh, we kept in touch, but then after a couple of years, it seemed like Gene wasn't returning phone calls very much anymore, nor was he uh, being connected, uh, and nor did he seem to want to. And then eventually I found out that he'd moved out of our community, moved to the Maritimes, then he'd left his family, moved to PEI, found a place by himself somewhere in the woods in PEI, and isolated himself from the family of God, and severed connections and relationships with people. And then I heard the tragic news that he'd taken his life. You see, you need relationship. And the easiest way for the devil to conquer us is to get us to have no relationship. There are people who say, I don't need the church of Jesus Christ. I don't need to gather together. I don't need to go online and watch my church. I don't need anyone else. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we need each other we need Jesus. We need the family of God. We need relationship. We need to build relationship together. And even in a day and an hour when it's difficult, how many know it's worth making the effort to be together and worship together because we need each other? And we need each other. Amen. I got one hand. Amen. We need the church of Jesus Christ. You need this church. Churches aren't perfect. I know that because they let us in. Churches aren't perfect, but we need the church of Jesus Christ. We need relationship with the body of Christ. If not, we can become easy to conquer. My heart goes out today to many who have come through the last couple of years and now are deeply depressed or, or find themselves in tremendous stress or anxiety and they wonder if it's hopeless and they feel like they've been isolated and removed from the family of God or removed from friends and feel desperately alone. I'm here to tell you folks that we need each other and we need a redeemer. We need Jesus. We need Christ. We need relationship with each other and with the Lord. Because if not, we are just like the people of Laish, easy to conquer. We need relationship with each other. We need relationship with Christ. The gospel is all about relationship. If you read through the word of God, you cannot help but understand that the gospel itself was created about relationship right from the very beginning of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. There in the book of Genesis you find that there is the creator, God the Father, who is creating the world. But you also find even in Genesis chapter 1 that God the Father isn't doing that by himself. But there's God the Father, there's God the Son, Logos, and God the Holy Spirit who brooded upon the waters in the very beginning of time. Even in the first few verses of the book of Genesis, 
Genesis, you find that there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one, because it's all about relationship. Jesus came to this earth and didn't do his work by himself. I think it would have been easier if he had of. But he didn't. He picked 12 guys who would work with him and 12 disciples. That's where discipleship was, was first uh, launched and, and thought of as Jesus invested in disciples. If you look at what Jesus had to put up with with those 12 disciples, I'm sure he had many frustrating days thinking, why do these guys not understand what I'm trying to teach them? And why do I have to put my time and effort into these 12 people who really don't get it? But Jesus said, no, that's the plan. It's not about being the lone ranger and how many know the lone ranger isn't even the lone ranger because the lone ranger had tonto so there you go everybody needs relationship the gospel is about relationship Jesus said that he would invest in 12 and he said he would invest in 3 and he said as he did that they would turn the world upside down and he said something powerful he said greater things will they do than he did because the gospel's all about working together sharing together, and ministering together. You look through the scripture, Elijah, Elisha. You look at Paul and Barnabas. Paul wouldn't have got the first base in the New Testament church without Barnabas stepping up and saying, Paul's my boy, receive Paul, I want you. And, and when Paul took his missionary's journeys, he never went alone. In fact, I think the scripture is very profound when it says that we need to go in twos. I think it's more than just going to door-to-door -to -door evangelism. But I believe there's something about the power of relationship as we minister together in the work of God. What a great, powerful thing. When you see a team of people working together, you see in this church you have a lead pastor, an associate, a children's pastor, great worship leader this morning. How many know the power of the church is not doing it by ourselves? It's when we can get together in one accord and do it together. It's the power of relationship. It's the power of working together, sharing our gifts together. I encourage you to be part of this church and to be able to be part of the ministry of this church. God wants to use you in a relationship because that's what the gospel is all about, is being together. I think it's amazing. Psalm 133 is my wife's favorite verse of Scripture. We had three sons that uh, were raised in our home. And our three sons uh, became pretty uh, big guys. 6'8", 6'7", 6'6". So my wife had a favorite verse that she would tell the boys as they were growing up, especially when they were teenagers. That verse was all over our house. And she had it blasted everywhere so the boys could read it. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It was important in our house so that we could actually survive. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. But it's a greater scripture than just that because it goes on and says, not just because it's good and everybody will be peaceful. It says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. For there is the anointing. There is the anointing that flowed from Aaron's head down through his beard to the bottom of his feet. There the Lord commands his blessing even life forevermore. You know what, folks? It's the point of, of how, does, how does our church see uh, being able to, to come into a moment of, of great outpouring of the Holy Spirit? And many people have their ideas, but I'll tell you what. You get people in one accord, in one place, and you get people unified of heart, ministering together and sharing their gifts and believing together. And I'm here to tell you, that's when the Holy Spirit will move in our midst as we build relationship together. The greatest thing a church can do is work to be unified. And uni unity comes even from diversity. You don't have to all be the very same to have unity. You know, the, the, the unity comes as the Holy Spirit brings us together as one. That's the unique part of the gospel message. I have seen churches where people have come together to worship the Lord from very different backgrounds and very different traditions 
and very different ways of being raised and what they believed as they were children. I've gone to a church in Toronto when I used to be the regional director in Toronto, and I've sat at a table with Tamil uh, tigers who are sitting there working with Sinhalese people from Sri Lanka. And in the natural, Tamil tigers, when they are raised, take an oath that they would not even... Uh, uh, want a fellowship with someone from Sri Lanka. In fact, many of them uh, believe that they have got a death wish against the people of Sri Lanka. And yet, once they receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I'm sitting at a table in Toronto with Tamil tigers working with Sinhalese people to build the kingdom of God. How many know the Lord can unify our hearts? The Lord can bring unity where there's diversity. I pastored once in a church where a man was coming from a halfway house. He would come every Sunday. They would bring him from a halfway house with other prisoners. And they brought him to service. He got out of his seat one Sunday to come down to ask Jesus to come into his heart. And the, the sergeant of the Hamilton Police Department got out of his seat and came down and knelt at the altar and led him to Jesus. What other place could you find the convict getting led to Jesus by the police officer? You can find it in the church of Jesus Christ. Because diversity does not mean that we can't have unity. Because we're the church of Jesus Christ. And we need relationship. We need relationship with our Redeemer. It says the people of Laish were easy to conquer. And they could easily be taken and overthrown. Because they had no relationship with anyone else. And they had no redeemer. And even with all of the crisis we've been through, even with all the difficulties we've experienced, even with all the COVID crisis and the fact we couldn't meet and the fact that there was so much that happened in our society, maybe you lost income, maybe you lost your job, maybe there's so much that's gone on. But I'm here to tell you we must never forget that no matter what we faced in these days, how many are thankful we still have a Redeemer? We still have a Redeemer. And the Lord is not at loss right now. He knows what's going on. And maybe he didn't cause all this. But I'm here to tell you there's hope today because he's still working in the midst of all this. The Lord Jesus Christ is working out his plan. In fact, I think it's interesting when I hear people complaining about the quarantine and wanting to know why and what is happening, and they sound like God has lost control. But the last time the church was quarantined, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Do you remember the last time we were quarantined? It talks about the 120 were separated and told, go and stay in an upper room and wait until you find that I move by my spirit. I'm sure they didn't want to stop in the midst of everything. I'm sure they didn't want to quarantine. But how many know the last time the church of Jesus Christ was quarantined, something amazing happened. They got together in one accord. They sat in the work in, in, in the room and waited for the Holy Spirit. Bible says they even got unified. I worry right now about the church because in the midst of our quarantine, all kinds of us got divided over the whole issue. I'm telling you, when God quarantines the church, he wants you to get unified and come into one because he's got something bigger than we ever thought would happen. How many know he could do that again? How many know he could do that again? In the midst of this quarantine, maybe he's helping us to reboot and restart and rethink and get ready. And then when we come out of this, how many know the Holy Spirit could move upon us in a greater way than ever before in history? Because we have a Redeemer. We have a Jesus, a Savior, a Lord, a Redeemer. No matter what we're going through, folks, we must draw close to our Lord and Savior in relationship and do the same with the church of Jesus Christ because the devil would like at this time to separate us. He'd like to separate us from the family of God and he'd like to separate us from our Savior. But I'm here to say that this is an ideal time in history for the church to pull together and for the Savior to demonstrate his plan and power in the midst of this day and hour.
And finally, I'd like to say that we need to remember that Jesus wants us to demonstrate our relationship with Christ and the church so that others that have no hope can come to know the Lord as their Savior and their Redeemer because we have hope and we have a relationship and we have an answer even in the midst of a time that seems confusing. But there are many in our community who don't know. And we need to know that this is an ideal time to share the love of Jesus with our community. My son and I went to Alaska a couple years ago. We had an opportunity to go and preach a men's weekend, a Father's Day weekend in Alaska. And, uh, we went there to Alaska to preach, and, and the pastor uh, got us at the airport, and he wanted to take us and have us experience some things. I'd never been to Alaska. How many here have ever been to Alaska? Not many of us, maybe. Oh, there'll be a couple. So we went to Alaska and, uh, and got off the plane, and the pastor had already arranged. We arrived about 1 in the afternoon for us to go fishing in Alaska. So uh, we got in his car, and he said, I'm going to take you fishing this afternoon. And we went down the coast of Alaska. And as we were going down the coast of Alaska to go to where he wanted us to go fishing, we seen all of these wide-open uh, beaches that uh, looked amazing. And uh, what it was, really, was the tide had gone out. And so those beaches were laying barren, and they looked amazing. And we said, uh, can you stop the car? And uh, we want to get out and go over to that beach there and kind of get our picture taken. Oh, he said, you really can't go on that beach right now. I said, well, why? He said, well, he said, because it's, uh, it's uh, mudflats. He said, the tides got out. But if you were to go and, uh, and walk on those mudflats, he said, oftentimes people think that that's a great thing to do because they've never been to Alaska. But he said, you went and you stepped on those mudflats and walked for any length of time, those mudflats would suck you in and you wouldn't be able to get out. It's kind of almost like a quicksand. And they, they, he, said, you, you, he said, I know people that uh, haven't been aware of that. And they walked on mudflats like that. And they've got stuck in those mudflats. He said one bride was getting her picture taken because she wanted to have her wedding in Alaska. And she did that and she got sucked in. And they couldn't get her out and they had to amputate her feet. I said, well, how would I have known that? Well, he says, you need to ask. I go, yeah, but we, we've never been to Alaska. I would have just went out on the mudflats. I wouldn't have thought anything about it. He goes, well, you better not do that because there's a, a real problem when you do. And I go, but, but who, who? Nobody told us that. Nobody gave us a brochure at the airport and said that. Well, he said, you need to ask. I guess. You know what? There's all kinds of people in our community that don't know that Jesus loves them. And doesn't know that Jesus could save them. Jesus could change them. Jesus could heal them. Jesus could set them free. And if nobody tells them, they'll never know. But we know the answer. We know the Redeemer. We know the Savior. And you know what, folks? We have an obligation as Christians to share the love of Jesus with this community. And to share the love of Jesus with people. Why? Because that's the only hope. Because they don't know it. But Jesus would save them and change them and set them free and give them hope. Folks, we got the answer and we need to let our community know. Jesus is the Redeemer. Jesus is the Savior. Come and have a relationship with Jesus. Come and be part of the family of God. And there's the message we need to deliver. So this message is not just for us today, but it's for others that we might share the love of Jesus with those who need Christ. Because if people don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're lost. If people don't have a relationship with Jesus, they're vulnerable. If they don't have a relationship with Jesus, then they're easy to conquer. The devil will take them down. If they don't have a relationship with the family of God, they're missing out on what God wants to do to lend support to our lives. How many know we can't do this thing alone? How many know we need each other? We need the Savior. That's a simple message. In this day and hour, when the people of Laish were so easy to conquer because they had no Redeemer, 
And it's powerful when it says they had no relationship with anyone else. Let me close by telling you a little story. As district superintendent, my wife and I have had an opportunity to travel the world. We have global workers everywhere. And so part of our responsibility is to minister to our global workers. So usually about once a year, maybe once every two years, we take a trip with the other district superintendents across the country. We go somewhere in, in the world to minister to our global workers. We bring our global workers together. We meet them. We see what they're doing, where they are, and we minister to them. We had the opportunity a couple of years ago to go to Malaysia. And there we were part of what became uh, an amazing event. Uh, it was the World Pentecostal Congress. So, so um, believers from all over the world who are Pentecostal, especially leaders, Pentecostal leaders, joined together in a great conference. And the conference was being held in Malaysia, and we were there for that conference. And uh, we gathered in an auditorium that sat about uh, 8,000 people. And it was amazing when we started to realize what that meant. We were in this beautiful facility that sat 8,000 people, and it was called the Calvary Convention Center. The Calvary Convention Center. As we talked a little bit about the history of this, found out that there was a little church in Malaysia, a Pentecostal church in Malaysia, who believed that they were going to be able to have an auditorium and a place to meet. But it's illegal to own a, a, a building in Malaysia if you're a Christian church. They're a Muslim country, and it's illegal to own your own property. But Calvary Church in Malaysia, in uh, Kuala Lumpur, wanted to have its own facility. And so they started building relationships. And they built relationships with business owners. They built relationship with civic leaders. They built relationship with a mayor and with all kinds of government officials. And they began to talk about a dream and, and said, you know, we, we'd love to, to build something together. And so they built relationship with all of these people. And over the course of a few years, they came up with a plan. The plan was to build something together. Even with people that were Muslims, who were leaders, who would have said, no, it's illegal for your church to have anything, they began to talk about what they could do together. And eventually, this Calvary church, who were believing that God would lead them and direct them, no matter what the laws said, they began to put a scheme and a plan together and eventually built what became known as the Calvary Convention Center. And we were there that day with the Calvary Church and many other leaders and the president of Malaysia. And he cut the ribbon and congratulated them as the church didn't own the building, but they worshiped every Sunday in an 8,000-seat auditorium called the Calvary Convention Center because no matter what they tell you, Jesus will find a way. Jesus will find a way. And you can't stop the church of Jesus Christ because we have a relationship with each other and we have a relationship with Jesus. So treasure your relationship with Christ. In this day and hour of all the challenges we have, get close to Jesus. Draw near to Christ. Let Jesus minister to you in greater ways these days than ever before. And draw together as a church of Jesus Christ. Do not let Satan separate us, divide us. There's so many issues. Churches are dividing over in these days. But that's just the devil's ploy to get us separated and divided. We need to come together on those things that we agree about. And we need to stand strong in unity and oneness. We need to be the church of Jesus Christ. We need each other. Draw near to each other. Pray for each other. Support each other. Be in touch with each other. Encourage each other. And remember that our community needs the Lord. And the greatest challenge we face is to take the message of Jesus in this hour and let people know. Let people know who are hopeless, there's hope. Let people know who are hurting, there's a healer. Let people know who are lost and, and lonely and discouraged and defeated, there's a redeemer. Because... We know the strength is in relationship. Amen. The strength is in relationship. Jesus, we pray today 
this simple message would encourage all our hearts. First of all, Lord, we want a relationship with you. The people of Laish had no redeemer, had no one to rescue them. We are thankful, Jesus, that no matter what we face in this community and in this society, we have you. And you are not, Lord, at a loss right now. God, you're working something out greater maybe than we can ever see. God, you might be working through this time in history to bring about a great renewal and revival that will come in the days to come. And just like the last time that we quarantined as a church, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. The church was birthed in the power of the Spirit. Oh, God, move again in these last days. Move again by your Spirit. Lord, may we treasure the relationship we have with each other within the church. Lord, may we not let anything divide us, not let anything separate us. But Lord, may we be able to share together in these days, pull together, pray for each other, be one heart, one mind. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus. They would see that the relationship that they need to have with Christ is so important. And now, Lord, we thank you thank you that you are still our Savior and Lord. And no matter what we face in this hour, you are still faithful. And we give you all the glory and praise in thy name. Amen. 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 God bless you today. Continue to build relationship with Jesus. Continue to build relationship with the church. And continue to bring Christ to our community. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for today. Why don't you lead us? God bless you. See you.